0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. Joe, my friend, how you doing, sir? Pretty good, Reggie. How are you doing? Hey, I'm excited. We got a very big win last week, 34-0 over South Dakota. We're in week two of our podcast. The weeks are going to fly by, but it was exciting to see the Kansas State Wildcats come out, take care of business. I do have some concerns, but we'll talk about, but all in all, they did what they supposed to do. A convincingly 34 to nothing shut out over South Dakota. The crowd was going bananas. You can tell everybody was excited about having football back in the bill.
1: Yeah, definitely. The crowd was excited. You know, it didn't have much to do with the game, but having the Ring of Honor ceremony at halftime was really neat as well. They did what they had to do. The second half was kind of boring, in my opinion, but uh, I don't know exactly what you thought of that. But I I watched the game again on Sunday morning, and there were a lot of concerns on social media, especially about the offense and Adrian Martinez not throwing the ball downfield enough. And the funny thing is I didn't, really realize that as I was watching the game in person but I really did realize it when I was watching the replay and you know his his longest pass completed was for 10 yards uh which isn't a lot he went deep once to brooks and it, he dropped the ball and that
0: was really the only time all game he went deep so um, yeah and I did the same thing, Joe. I went back and watched the game on ESPN Plus just to get a different perspective from it, from being there live, because there are some things that you do miss. Now, I was fully aware that Martinez had not pushed the ball downfield while being at the game and, you know, being able to see it live and first, firsthand in the beginning. But once I thought about it, Joe, it was not all about Adrian Martinez. I think this was a strategic strategy by Kleiman and Klein to accomplish some things with Martinez, first and foremost. I think, number one, they wanted him to get out of there without being hurt and being injured. I think, number two, they wanted him to not have a turnover. I think it was critical for them, for his psyche, And that staff for him to not have a turnover. And then I think number three, part of it was we were so much in control of the game. It was no reason to really take some of those risks. Now, do I agree with all three of those principles per se? I absolutely don't agree with them, Joe, because I think there was a great opportunity to be able to do some things different to be able to work on those things, if you understand what I mean.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, I do think South Dakota's defense might have had a little bit to do with it, too. I don't think they were given, they didn't want to give away the deep ball necessarily. I think Martinez looked deep a couple times and didn't see anything and checked off and you know, through a little screen pass. He did that at least a handful of times in the game. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a lot to it. My bottom line is I'm not real worried about it yet. <laughs> so he, they got done what they needed to get done. They ran the ball really well, which is important. I mean, that the passing game was just kind of one of my main concerns coming out of it, and it's not really a concern because I think I think that'll take care of itself eventually.
0: No, and you're right. I, I, I'm I'm still a little concerned, and I'm excited to see what they're going to be able to do with it this week. I'm not concerned in a manner that I don't think Adrian Martinez can throw the ball because the young man has proven that he can throw the ball for the last four years at the University of Nebraska. It's just him getting comfortable. And the Kansas State system and Kansas State being able to, you know, have a passing game that is doable to be able to compete because they're not going to be able to run the ball down everybody's throat.
1: Right. That's exactly right. And you mentioned it's passing, and I don't ever recall once thinking, wow, that's a bad pass, you know. And granted, he didn't go deep much, but he he threw a nice ball all game long. You know, he didn't throw one that was not a spiral or not on point to who he was passing it to or anything like that. So, yeah, I was pretty happy with his play overall. And, you know, he he scrambled when he needed to, got some first downs with his legs when he needed to. So I was happy with his performance overall.
0: No, exactly right. I, I agree with you. I think his decision-making was good. I think he did look at his progressions. Um, Uh, you know, they did miss one bad play. I don't know if that was a lineman. They just didn't see the blitz coming from that delayed blitz where he got sacked. And fortunately, we picked up the fumble. Mm -hmm. But other than that, you know, everybody was pretty much in order of him, you know, getting a sense of feeling the pressure, moving when he need to, running when he need to. I did think that he was a little bit premature on his quarterback draws. I think he should give the play a little bit more time to develop. I just got a sense that he was rushing just a bit. Yeah. You're probably right about that. Yeah. Just just (laughs) on a quarterback, our game. I I just think there's a little bit more that you got to let that set up and open up and develop a little more. Um, to, to, to give it the effect that it needs to be. I just thought he was a little bit, little bit premature on, on that, mm-hmm. but overall, you know, before we put a cap on South Dakota and move on to the university of Missouri, Joe, what were some of the other um, highlights that you saw or maybe concerns that you saw coming out of the South Dakota game?
1: Deuce Vaughn did his thing. I mean, he he sprung that block on that opening play where Knowles went for that touchdown. What a block by Deuce there. I mean, if he doesn't make that block, (laughs) Knowles doesn't score there. It's that simple. So, uh, and uh, Deuce's touchdown run, I rewatched that, I don't know, five times. At least I kept rewinding it and watching it. It looked like, I mean, he was running slow at first, and it kind of looked like he was kind of running to the sideline. Then all of a sudden, he saw that hole open up, and he just cut to the hole and did a quick juke move and just went for the end zone. It, I mean, it was just amazing and fun to watch that. So Deuce did his thing, and as far as the backup running back, we kind of talked about DJ Giddens last week, and I was really impressed with him. I think he's going to be a real good backup running back. I don't know what what you thought of that. but
0: Joe, I got to echo your concern. I was quite pleased at what DJ was able to bring to the table. He ran hard. He ran with some conviction. He ran like he was an individual that was very focused on um, getting positive yards and going north and south without a whole lot of wiggle room. He hit the hole. He was very decisive, not indecisive in his runs, and he looked like he knew exactly what he was doing and his assignment out, out there on the field. So I was very, very impressed and feel good about the depth, at least one deep behind Vaughn. Yeah, definitely. So,
1: yeah, other than that, it's all nice to pitch a shutout as far as the defense goes. So, I, you know, I didn't really have anything – Any concerns about the defense? You know, they're playing in South Dakota. So we're going to find out a lot more about the defense this week. And that may be a good transition in going and talking about
0: Missouri. No, we'll definitely get to it. Just one last thing I want to just mention with the defense. Uh, I was very impressed with the intensity and the tenacity of Kobe Savage. He is someone that is, I think, is going to make a difference when we get a little bit more sophisticated in our blitz package and, you know, doing various different things with him coming off the edge, he's going to make a tremendous difference. So he was one player that really stood out to me that I had some concern about at that position, or that safety position. And he was a guy that is, uh, I think he he comes to the, to the to the dance with bad intentions every single time, but he's doing it under control. So that 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 tells me that he is a, a student of the game. I know he came from the junior college ranks, but he looks like he's gonna the game is not too fast for him early, and he's doing very well.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. Looks like he's gonna be a player, so that's a good thing.
0: So we got the Missouri Tigers coming from Columbia, Missouri. I think this game, as I stated last week. Is a benchmark game for both programs, Kansas State and the University of Missouri, to give us a good benchmark and a litmus test of how the season will progress for both of these teams. One in particular, Kansas State, it's a non-conference game against an old Big 12, Big 8 rival. I know a lot of these young men that are playing in the game don't have a sense of this rivalry because we haven't played it since 2011, but me playing back at K-State and just the history, this was always an intense game, Joe. Uh, It is very personal. It was a game that had similarity as as if you were playing KU. And I think a lot of those factors were, when I played was that, it's because it's regionally close. And we had a lot of players from the St. Louis area uh, in the past that was on the Kansas State roster They didn't go to the University of Missouri for whatever various reasons so this game always ratcheted up with the love of intensity
1: so I have a question for you you told me the other night you were recruited by Missouri and K-State and Illinois but you eventually chose K-State so were you more hyped for this game than you were for other games?
0: Did you kind of want to show your stuff more? or Absolutely, Joe. Okay. It's a passion. This game, I can feel it right now as we're talking and delivering this podcast. I talked to the team, delivered a video, expressing that to them, that, that they're going to show them as well.
1: Oh, nice. This
0: game, I always get juiced up for. It's one that you circle. You know, it's one that you got bragging rights for because, you you know, living in the St. Louis area, all those things, particularly back in the day when I was playing. And, you know, it's a bragging rights game. I do have a lot of respect for the University of Missouri and their program. I think Coach Drink and what he's doing over, over there at the university was doing is doing a fantastic job. And he's taking those guys to a new level to be able to compete. And I think it's going to be a very highly contested contest. But the question you asked, this is one that your juices get flowing at a high level way up there. Not saying you don't get excited for every game, but Mm -hmm. this one is this one is special and it's personable, Joe. Absolutely
1: so. Yeah, and I think Chris Kleiman is trying to get that across to the players this week. He mentioned something about that in his press conference today, about how he's, you know, making sure that the players know the importance of it. And I you know, they still recruit Saint Louis. They still recruit all over the state of Missouri. So they're and recruiting in Kansas City and yeah. Kansas So they're recruiting against Missouri all the time. And, you know, this game means a lot for that too.
0: Yeah. I like this game. You know, we're going to get it on a, you know, two year basis, which is good. Uh, Not one that you necessarily got to play annually, but it'll be nice every five years or so if they circle back and everybody kind of play a home and home to kind of keep that, you know, a little bit of that rivalry going. I think that's good for everybody, but, Going back and looking at the game, once again, I think this game, the University of Missouri has it circled as well because if they look at their trek, you know, in the SEC East, they know this is a non-conference game that if they can get out to 2-0 and they got to count another non-conference game with New Mexico or New Mexico State, one of them, that they can at least get three victories in their non-conference. That'll set them up very well going into SEC play. And with a lot of confidence. So those guys are over in Columbia. They're getting extremely amped and hyped for this game as well. Drink is delivering the message that he feels that this is a winnable game for them. And they're going to do everything they need to do to try to come to Manhattan and steal one.
1: Yeah. What did you think of the line on the game? I think it started at what, eight and a half points,
0: yeah, I Let's think see- at one point it started at nine and a half, and then it was at eight and a half, and now I think it settled at about eight. Oh, I okay. thought it would probably be somewhere between six and six and a half okay. because there's a little bit of unknown with the University of Missouri. They do have to travel to, which I think is going to be a little bit of a hostile environment for the University of Missouri uh, coming into Manhattan. As I stated last week, I think a lot of people unestim- estimate, the 50 to 55,000 fans that we're gonna have there in Manhattan, the way the stadium sits, the crowd is very active with the student section and the band sitting right behind you. So I think with the home field advantage and us, you know, bringing back the talent that we have and climbing going into its fourth year, I think with all those experience factors, the Vegas odds, which they're not always wrong. They they don't hit it on the head all the time, but they don't miss that often. Right. So if they know something, you can't bet your house or life on it because they've been wrong many, many times. But it does give you a good indication of how they feel about Kansas State and how they feel about University of Missouri because basically they're saying it's a touchdown game. And that's a close game. That can go either way.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, the line when it f- was first released that made me feel better because I was really nervous about this game. I thought it'd be closer, you know, within a touchdown, definitely either way. But yeah, the line when the line came out, I was like, hmm, like you said, Vegas knows something.
0: <laughs> yeah, and we um, can take it at yeah, we can't take it as the gospel. But uh, but it does give you a little bit of an indication of of what people are thinking. So let's get into a little bit of the X's and O's of it. Um, Offensively, Joe, I I think K State, with probably the exception of Oklahoma or maybe Baylor, I think this is going to be the best collective group of receivers that we're going to see all season playmakers on an offensive standpoint for the university of Missouri, the freshman feed on with all acclaim is Luther burden, but they got love it. And a couple of the players back there as receivers that I think are very dynamic. Uh, that's going to really test Kansas state secondary and our defense this week, not only just from the, passing game. I mean from the vertical deep passing game as well. What's the speed? Yeah,
1: I was watching Surrey the other night and uh I got a buddy that's a big Missouri fan and I was texting him during the game. I said this this Love It kid, he's really good too. <laughs> Burden, love it, got all these receivers out there. So yeah, that's they they got some talent out there.
0: That's yeah sure. they got Lubbock and then number two chance looper as well is another one that they have. And then from the running back standpoint, you know, they they got Elijah Young. But the kid, Cody Schrader, the transfer from Truman State, ran very hard in the opener against Louisiana Tech. And he's a kid that you didn't think would be, um, you know, that effective coming from, uh, you know, basically a division one double A school. Uh, But he's a guy that, that. you can't discount on the running game as well. I am a little bit concerned. I don't think their offensive line uh, has seen, you know, they're going to see the type of – well, they have seen it in the SEC with some of the ends at Georgia and some of those places. But I think with Elijah Huggins and Felix Izama, they're going to see some pressure and – that they haven't seen, and I think this week we're going to open up the playbook on defense as well too. Where I think they're going to see Green and Savage and some of these guys coming off some blitzes that they haven't seen before too. That's going to make it a little bit uncomfortable for the quarterback uh, Brady Cook. We want to, I want to see how he's going to be able to respond to that.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So yeah, I don't I don't know. I think can we stop? Luther Burden and Love it and all those guys, probably not. Can we contain them? You know, that remains to be seen. I think they're going to score a little bit. It's not going to be a shutout by any means like it was last week. But on the other hand, our offense is going to have to perform and perform well and you know, kind of keep those guys off the field too.
0: So No, that's going to be very interesting. You know, that's going to be very interesting to see how they respond to that. But I think they will be able to get it done, though. But like you say, it's just a matter of containing them, uh, not letting them just go wild and and try to minimize the big play. you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Talk to me a little bit about K-State's offense of what you seen from Missouri defense last week in their opening.
1: Well, I think – I just think we're going to have to run the ball. Control the clock a little bit, take our deep shots when they come. You know, Missouri's defensive line is pretty talented, I thought. So, it, you know, if we could run the ball on them though and kind of wear them down, I think uh, that may be a key to the game. The secondary, I wasn't impressed with them and I was, you know, I didn't think we're going to throw the ball all over the yard on them either. But so I, it'll be interesting to see if our receivers can get open against them and kind of what they're, what they're going to play against us as far as the secondary goes. Like, you know, South Dakota, they didn't want us to go deep on them. And um, so we had to, you know, use the short passing game. Uh, so, you know, what do you think? You think Missouri will kind of go with that game plan? since it kind of worked for South Dakota?
0: Yeah, I think they're going to look at the South Dakota tape and probably look at some things. I do think, first and foremost, they're going to come out and try to stop the run because they, if they can't contain our running game, it's going to be a long day for the University of Missouri. I do think you're going to see more design runs from Martinez this week in the running game. We did see it a little bit in the red zone where he scored a touchdown, but I'm talking about not just the quarterback draw, but some design runs with Martinez to break a little bit of the monotony from uh, from Deuce getting the ball. But I do, as you said, I like their front four of Jeff Cote, Robinson, um, Jaden, and Isaiah, um, the two ends and the two interior tackles. All of those guys are seniors. Uh, So they played a little bit of football. And then the linebacker, Tyrone Hopper, to transfer from Florida, he's a player, uh, maybe potentially to be a pro, That I think against Louisiana Tech, he he made some plays, but he has some potential. But I do think the secondary is a little bit suspect, and I do think there's going to be an opportunity for us to take some shots and some chances to push the ball downfield and I do think if we complete some of those early then Missouri is going to have to take a chance of which way they're going to go are we going to stack the box or we're going to still take our chances with Martinez throwing the ball so I think the key to the game for us if we complete a few plants is 15 20 yards down the field early I think the University of Missouri is going to go uh-oh You know, maybe we got to look at this a little different. You know, maybe if Knowles or R.J. Garcia or, you know, one of these guys can get open earlier in the game, then it's going to force them to say, okay, maybe we can't put seven, eight in the box. Maybe we only need to put six in the box. Then I think that gives us the advantage again to open up the running game for Duke. So it's like pick your poison. Right, But we have to show the ability that we can push the ball downfield for that scenario to come into fruition. Yeah, you mentioned the Missouri
1: defensive line. I was watching the other night, and I thought, well, one or maybe
0: even two of these guys look like NFL players. Yeah, they got, they got a couple of them. I agree with you. I think they got some guys that are going to be up there. But then you see Louisiana Tech did hit them with a couple big plays. So I do think that secondary is susceptible to the big play if you if you put it out there and you take your chances. Yeah. I just think I just think in this game uh, we can't handicap Martinez, and I'm not saying we did that per se last week, but we gotta let him take some chances. You know, if we get an interception or we get some off a good play a deep ball, we gotta we gotta live with it. But you know, it's not the end of the world if he throws a pick, long as the pick is not a bad pick. So
1: if it we're up to you, you would come out kind of the ball downfield. Not and necessarily would you would push it
0: more way more than we did last week. Correct. I yeah. would push it a little bit. Like I would open up the game. Like we had that play design, uh, you know, on that on that, on that that suite to. Knows nose for 75 yards. I would look at something play action out of the gate early, see if we can make, you know, because they're going to be looking at us to hand the ball off to do, so to do something like that, I would do something a little bit out of the neighborhood, a little bit out of the norm to just try to loosen up that defense because they're going to try to stop the run first. Now, putting it on the flip side of the ball defensively and the Mizzou's offense, I think, once again, Mizzou is going to come out, and they're going to try to find all the ways they can to get number three, Luther Burden, the ball, whether it's the Wildcat, whether it's, you know, jet sweeps, whether it's screens, uh, everything you deep ball, everything you can think of. I think he had about six Tech touches in the Louisiana Tech game. Don't be surprised if that number is doubled. And the university was in the uh, the Kansas State game because they they're, they're going to need him. The more they can get him in space, the better the opportunity they think think that he can take it back to the house. And don't be surprised you see him return a punt. Or two this weekend as well yeah
1: i mean they were in the first game they were like you said they were using them in the wildcat they were letting him run the ball they were getting getting the ball to him in space you know they were just utilizing them all over the place so yeah he's gonna i think he's gonna get his touches and get his yards that's for sure so i don't i don't you think k-state will just kind of use their base defense and kind of Guarding him, or will they put a spy on him if they can? <laughs> or how do you think uh, the Wildcats are going to defend that?
0: I think schematically, uh, initially, we're going to we're going to just play our defense. I don't think we will um, roll coverage, double them, bracket them right out of the gate. I, I think it's going to be a situation to see if our corners, uh, you know, Eck and uh, Brents, can hold up with him one on one on one or just within our continuity of our base defense. But if he begins to start hurting us, then I think we'll probably make an adjustment. But I don't think initially we will change everything up to um uh, to stop Luther Burden initially. Yeah. I also think that we're going to you know you didn't see much blitzing from us last week. Um Clatterman it didn't you know he he, he didn't get too sophisticated in the blitz game uh, with the linebackers or the safeties. I do think you're going to see a better game from green. He missed a couple tackles last week. Um, not saying that he had a bad game, but that guy's usually nails with tackling. He's usually a sure tackler. So I think he probably looked at last week's game and said, you know what? I can play a lot better football than what I did. I think he'll be motivated. A little bit better, and you'll get a more active game from Green than what you saw last week. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, so as we get ready to wrap it up, Joe, uh, as you as we know, like everything, you know, we both have already preseason picked who we think will win this game, and we both picked Kansas State University. Has your thoughts changed from your initial pick after the first week of the season with both teams? Had an opportunity to play games. Missouri won handily over a subpar opponent, just like Kansas State did. Uh, Missouri looked improved um, defensively. They looked solid in the running game. Uh, They look like they got a receiving core that's going to be very active. And they look like they got a a competent quarterback that can get the ball out there. I still still got some concern to him delivering the deep ball, um, Brady Cook, but he does run a lot more, a lot better than you think. He's a lot more athletic than what people realize. So are you still picking Kansas State to get it done at home at 11 a.m. on Saturday?
1: I am still picking K-State to get it done at home, yes. And I think the score is going to be something around 30 to 23. I think K-State wins it by a touchdown.
0: Yeah, so I'm gonna pick Kansas State as well. I, I think we'll get it done. I'm gonna pick the game as 35-25. I think we'll win by 10. I do think that the game is going to be close all the way through. I think we'll have a fourth quarter that will make some adjustments and pull away a little bit. Uh, but I I think it's going to take something special from us in the special teams department to where we didn't have a great opportunity last week in the punt and kickoff game, that's going to be a deciding factor. We need another special teams touchdown this week, I think, to defeat this team. Because I think once we can do what we need to do in the special teams and get that area and just contain their passing game, keep it to a minimum, don't give up the big plays, make them earn everything, I think we'll be okay.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Don't miss field goals and extra points. We can't afford it.
0: (laughs) Can't miss those. So, Joe, that'll wrap up another edition of our Believe Kansas State podcast for week two. Go Wildcats, and we'll talk to you again next week. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Reggie. Thanks, Joe. Have a good one. You too.